What is up, everybody? Back again for another episode of the Fan Session Podcast. My name is Alan, and I am your host. I cannot wait to get into this one. We are continuing our segment of Spring Ball. It is here. It is live. It is awesome. Um, there's been a lot of things, a lot of highlights, um, and I can't, I can't wait to talk about them all. So this episode, I'm going to be highlighting. I'm going to be doing what I did last episode, highlighting a bunch of teams. Um, so it's going to be Texas Longhorns, Oklahoma Sooners, Oregon Ducks, and then we're going to end with that. And I'm just going to go deep into that. Out of those three teams, because obviously we got two coaching changes. Actually, all of them are coaching changes. Um, we have a bunch of talent on all these teams, and we have you know imminent move to the SEC on two of these teams. So I felt like it was kind of good to give that outlook out now, and and you know we'll see, wait and see where the dominoes fall. So without further ado, let's get right into the episode. So this is the Fan Section Podcast. Um, brought to you for fans, by fans from across the college landscape, from Section 1 to Section 300, bleachers down to the suites. We welcome everybody. Thank you guys so much for, for tuning in and listening. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. You can get, if you leave us a five-star review, I will read it on there, and I promise to do that. Um, thank you guys so much for taking the time out of your day and listening. I can't stress that enough. Got an amazing feedback, which has been awesome. Um, so, yeah, let's start with the Texas Longhorns. And the reason why I'm starting with Texas is because um, – I've highlighted Arch Manning, and I think that starting with, with Arch Manning would be um, relevant because, obviously, I'm big into recruiting, and I love watching the, the players pick their schools, recruit, you know, um, how they get pitched, especially with NIL. Texas has the money, and if they want to really, really start making the, – they're, they're going to move to the SEC. What better way to move to the SEC than having Arch Manning as your quarterback, right? I mean, yeah, you have Quinn Ewers who just got, you know – his NIL deal is insane, but Arch Manning will triple that day one, right? So they're five and seven last year. That's not really where I expected him to be, honestly. I don't think anybody, if you're a long run fan, like what the hell happened, right? Um, you had a big, you really had a down year, but you had a decent class coming in this season, and you got Quinn Ewers. Okay, let's see what this kid is about. The transfer from Ohio State, very excited to have him. If you're a, if you're a Texas fan. Um, but you also know that you really want Arch Manning, right? The best way to get him there is to have a really, really good year and have that offense shine, okay? Um, basically, can they can they get a bowl game? If you get a bowl game, I mean, so my thinking is like this. If you have any step forward in that offense, it's going gonna, it's gonna to peak Arch Manning. He's already interested in your school, right? You need to continue to prove provide this interest. You need to get some receivers. You need to get some tight ends, especially in this recruiting class, early. I'm talking like before September. You need to get them hard committed. Do whatever you have to do to open the pe- the checkbook, and I know do what A&M did, okay? I don't think it ruins college football at all. I, I have no problem with any of these players getting paid at all. I think it's I think it's fine. It teaches them money management. It teaches them life skills. Because you make a high school, an 18-year-old kid a millionaire, you're going to find out who he is real quick, guaranteed. And that'll be the type of student that you can, you know, develop and evolve. And it just teaches them. It gives them the life skills, especially if they don't make it to the league. So, Arch Manning, if you're listening to Texas, uh, I'm a Texas fan right now. I'm, I'm not, but I'm, I'm advocating for them. Get their wide receivers. Get the tight ends. Tell them you want a top, you want at least a top 15 running back in this year's class, and you're theirs. I mean, because the O-line is going to be fine next year. They, they actually had a pretty solid O-line class in 2021. Um, that are going to be coming in, and they're going to be probably sophomores and juniors by the time you start. That's experience. You want to play behind that experienced offensive line because the less you have to do as a freshman quarterback, the easier it's going to be to continue to develop your game. So can Quinn Ewers have a good year? 
That's what I wrote in the question because it's still a question mark. We haven't seen him play. Can he do what people are projecting him he's being able to do? Can he throw that long ball? Can he push the, Can he go vertical in offense? Can he push the ball downfield? Can he extend that third long drive, which is what really killed Texas and Oklahoma in the Red River rivalry? They couldn't do anything on offense, um, at least to my knowledge. You know what I mean? Like as far as my opinion. But yeah, can they comp- can they compete for SEC recruits? And this is big, especially if Texas wants to move. And I highlighted this for Oklahoma as well. But this is big for these two schools. If they want to come into the SEC and not get blown out their first two seasons, they need to start getting some of these kids from Florida. They need to start targeting some of these kids from Georgia, Alabama, South Carolina, Tennessee. They need to start taking recruits away from A&M. And the only way to do that is, as bad as it sounds, open up the checkbook. Uh, Think what you want of it, but it's, it's the cold hard facts. It really is. So moving on to Oklahoma, their bitter rival of Texas, and they're both coming into the SEC, which I love. The fact that we still get to have this Red River rivalry is going to be insane. Especially in the SEC, because the magnitude is going to be increased, right? Fans are going to go nuts. They're already chanting SEC at their at their games, which I think is really cool. Um, so, yeah, the Brett Venable era is is on its way. Um, Gabriel is no Rattler, okay? He's no Williams. Can he do enough to get this offense that had a really, really strong 2021 running back class and receiver class like Gavin Sawchuk and Malik Brown highlighted that class just turn around and hand the ball off and see what these guys can do because you potentially have a Reggie Bush and and Christian McCaffrey like in that backfield and I compared those two players to those two players because I I really believe that Sawchuk and Brown are that good like I was if you listen to the podcast earlier in the in the in the season when I first started this we were very high on Gavin Sawchuk rightfully so um, the kid came from the same school as McCaffrey, did the same workouts as McCaffrey, worked out with McCaffrey. The kid is, he's not McCaffrey because he's Gavin Sawchuk, but he's as close to Christian McCaffrey as you can get. And we all know how good he was in, at Stanford. Just like I said, can you, if you're Oklahoma though, you don't want to do this, but you have to. You have to develop this freshman class. I, I can't stress that enough because you're moving to the SEC and I believe it'll be in 2023. I, say what you want. I think they're going to go. I think I really think they're going to get the money together. Boosters are going to get the money together, and they're going to go. Can this freshman class get the experience it needs now in the Big 12 to compete with some of the big boys in the SEC? Because they play defense in the SEC. I want Oklahoma to start developing these freshmen because by the time they're juniors and seniors and you're in the SEC, the goal is to compete for the SEC title, right? The only way you're going to be – the teams you have to go against, Kentucky, Arkansas, both on the rise up. Tennessee will have Lama Leave, right? He's going to develop. There's still Georgia. There's still Bama. This this conference is going to be stacked. There's still Ole Miss. You know what I mean? Like teams are going to be back, and teams that are already there are going to only continue to get better. Um, so if you're Oklahoma, you need you need to stress this. You need your freshman class to develop, show up, and show out big in some of these big games because. That will give you momentum going forward. It'll only continue to snowball from there in the recruiting aspect of things, especially when you're competing against AM, especially when you're competing against Florida. Florida State might potentially move. There's big pieces that are about to fall on the place in the SEC. And if you're Oklahoma and Texas, you need to take advantage of that now with developing your freshman class. Moving next, we've got Oregon. And I'm very excited about highlighting Oregon because not only because Dan Lanning, they might actually play defense for once in the Pac-12. And I, outside of Utah, and I'm very excited for that because that means, and I, Oregon's Oregon's going to get tough. 
Oregon's going to be very, very tough. And I highlighted USC last episode, and I gave you guys a little golden nugget saying that the team that I'm going to highlight that is also in the Pac-12 that might give USC run for its money is going to be, it's not going to be Utah, it's going to be Oregon. Because Oregon has a talented roster coming back. Yes, they lost Kayvon Thibodeau. He's going to the NFL draft. He's going to be a top 10 pick. But, well, potentially, I've talked about him falling. But, can Dan Lanning get this defense with Noah Sewell? And if he can, the, the Pac, the Oregon's going to run away with the Pac-12. I thought USC might contend for it. Not if Noah Sewell and Dan Lanning get together on the same page. Because Dan Lanning, as we all know, had the greatest def- defense in Georgia history ever. And they just won a national title with him. He knows how to develop interior linemen. He knows how to develop linebackers. He just had two back. I mean, yeah, two back-to-back Buckus Award winners. That Noah Sewell should, licking, should be licking his chops to play for this guy because he's he's already in the top five projected as as the Buckus. You know, he's already on the watch list. So good for him, and he's a hell of a player. I really like Noah Sewell. I think he's going to be the best inside linebacker coming out. Um, but yeah, so super talented roster. Can Bo Nix? first win the job over Tyler Shue can Bo Nix continue to develop he like I've I've highlighted before he's a squirrel in a nut shop the kid see he he panics he moves his brain moves faster than his feet which he, the kid runs a 4-4 so I don't know how you do that but he does it he when he's outside the pocket he, he panics he looks around you see his head moving literally like a hundred times to the left to the right to the left to the right to the left to the right and you're like bro slow it down just chill. Make your progressions. And when he saw him do that against teams like Ole Miss, teams like Arkansas, he was phenomenal. If he can just settle it down and work on his mechanics and go through his reads, and I really believe that Dan Lanning has the special remedy to work with a quarterback to do that. Just because he's a defensive-minded coach doesn't necessarily mean that he can't work with quarterbacks. If anything, it's a boost because you're able to say, this is what the defense is throwing at you. This is how you beat it. You're like, if you're an Oregon fan – the Ducks might be back in all 400 of their uniforms. You know what I mean? Like, which is exciting to see because I like I like the fact that the Pac-12 can be in the mix with an Oregon, a USC, even a Washington. So that's good. This just means that we're set up for a very, very good 2023 year. And I, if you're a college football fan like me, you want comp- you want competition. You want all these teams to be good because then you don't have a you know it's not two teams and everybody else and it's boring. No, and I'm not saying it's boring because I was I was. I was a fan of the team that won it all, so but I still want that competition. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah, Bo Nix can he stay in form? Can he continue to develop? Can the offense? Can, if the offense gets on the same page with the defense, this is a Pac-12 championship team, and this is an undefeated. This is potentially an undefeated team, and I, I really firmly believe that. I, I'm gonna. I'm not gonna predict it quite yet because my predictions are coming up soon, but. As far as like the conference outlooks and stuff like that, and you're gonna get that here in a couple episodes. I'm gonna highlight a few more teams that I, I've I'm very excited to dive into as well. Um, some teams that are gonna be in the Midwest as well because I, I haven't really done the Midwest justice. But don't you guys worry if you're fans of some of these Midwest teams. I'm gonna dive into them fully, deeply, and it's gonna be awesome because you're gonna get a lot of insight about these teams that you probably didn't expect. So. Um, Thank you guys so much for listening. This has been the Fan Section Podcast. My name is Alan, and I am out.